This week's dedication is for B, for always being my right-hand man. I'm sorry you'll never win it. Rock, paper, scissors. I love you. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I was supposed to say for Ben. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the to that. <laughs> okay, I'll just do it again. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Pod. Before we get into today's episode on the swoon-worthy book by Hannah Bonham Young, Sav, how are you doing? I am good. I am in my feels. This book put me so deep in my feelings. I'm ready to be emotional. I'm prepared to be emo on the pod today. How are you? I'm good. I'm also ready to be emo. I just think we've had two really good back-to-back books that it's like I hope I don't want to get into a slump I know it always is like when you're writing so high I'm like something bad is gonna happen we're gonna read something awful I know but fingers crossed we avoid the slump I don't think we've ever had an emo up at the pod so I guess today's the day no we haven't had an emo episode I'm trying to think what could have been our most emo episode I don't know but I hope today's the day I know I want every, let's talk about our feelings. This is fun. (laughs) I love this book. There was no first responders. (laughs) Like it was just. (laughs) Speaking of first responders, I would like to talk about, I have a discussion topic for us today. Have you joined any of the, are we dating the same guy? Okay. I joined, are we sharing boyfriends Atlanta? And I'm going to just say it. I really did look up my boyfriend and the search bar to see if anybody posted about him. <laughs> I did. I did because I just needed to know. This is the most wild Facebook page I have ever been a part of. It is amazing. I love it when women come together to do something powerful. And this is the powerful thing of 2023. No, it really is. I love it. And like the, like, the thing is, like men are put on full blast. Well, they're not <laughs> holding anything back. And no. I highly recommend any like everybody join their are we dating the same guy or are we sharing boyfriends page for their hometown because it's juicy and it's just so good. I'm trying to find a post from last week that made me cackle. I was cackling. Red flags ladies run. This guy's name is Matt. They said met on Bumble in January, started dating at the end of January. We got back together and about a week after getting back together, I found out I had the clap. <laughs> Not this man giving women the clap and we're seeing it come back around on social media. That is incredible. I saw one where this girl's husband was cheating on her. Girlfriend that he was cheating on her with went to the beach with them as the disguise of like a family friend. Girlfriend didn't know that was the wife. Like nothing was. Like, the woman didn't know, and they went on full vacation with each other. How the fuck do you pull that off? That I, I don't get it. Oh, men are so stupid, and I love that we're just outing them. It is be- yes. It's a beautiful place to be. Please join your Are We Dating the Same Person? Because I'm just in there for the tea. Like, I am in there solely for the tea. And it is, like, really fascinating, because I know dating apps are so scary. Like, how many women have matched with the same guy? 
And like this one girl was like, oh no, he does not look like that. Like he literally is like a like a catfisher. <laughs> and I'm just like exposed. Well, like, that is horrifying. Something that I've noticed that has been happening recently is that guys will be like, oh yeah, let's meet somewhere, pick a place, and then they won't show up. So it's like eight or nine guys and they're like fully standing up girls on these dates I'm like what is the point of that what are you getting out of that like that's the thing like and it was in the book the how to not die alone book like if you're on the dating apps like get on there to date not just yeah. like get on there to waste people's time like she was like you want a boyfriend or girlfriend not a pen pal person like so I, I truly don't get it if I did my hair, did my makeup, shaved my legs, got a wax, went somewhere, and the man was not there, I'm committing murder. <laughs> like, I'm tracking you yeah. down, and I'm coming up to your house, because that's a fucking insane. Yeah. My other thing that I would like to discuss is Lizzo. Are we going to talk about the Lizzo of it all? <sighs> we can talk about Lizzo and then the continued book talk drama. <laughs> oh, the book talk drama is continuing? I haven't seen that. Yes, the book talk drama is continuing because now some people are blaming authors for writing these hockey romances and stuff. And I'm just like, what? Like, this just all happened because one person crossed the line and refuses to take accountability for their actions. If y'all come for Tessa Bailey, I'm showing up at your house with a pitchfork. Like, we are not going to come for authors. It is not their fault. That you can't take this shit seriously and be normal. Like, y'all are the ones making it weird. No, the Lizzo situation is wild to me. Because in her statement, she has neither confirmed or denied anything. Which makes me feel like she is guilty. The Lizzo situation is wild to me. But you know what's crazy? Is that she's been accused of, like, sexual harassment. Fat phobia. Like, actual, like, really bad shit. Right? It's not like... I don't know, Jordan Woods cheated on her best friend's husband. You know what I mean? Like, actual, illegal, really bad shit. And she comes up with the Notes app? Girl. Girl, like, I cannot. I cannot. As soon as you see the Notes app screenshot, you know it's going to be an unhinged. I'm out. And you just know it's going to be. If it is, like, that is not, that's not something that's run by the PR team. That is an unhinged 2 a.m. no and to just put on social media. If I ever post a notes app on social media, like someone needs to call me. Well, Michelle. (laughs) Especially, I mean, like, truly, the things that they are saying about Lizzo, y'all, is crazy. And then she made that song with Cardi B, All the Rumors Are True, and is outing herself. Yeah. Because the thing is, that's why I'm just like, she has neither confirmed or denied. And when an artist or somebody famous is in that middle spot, I'm assuming they're guilty. Mm. I, I, again, I don't know if y'all care about Lizzo. Emily and I care about Lizzo, and this is when we catch up once a week, so we're talking about it. But, like, that shit is crazy. No, it is. It is. Making someone eat a banana out of a sex worker's vagina. Any, I don't care whose vagine it is. Like that is anybody's vagine. Cray, cray. We are not eating nanners out of somebody's pussy. Like that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I had to talk about something, and it was just you just know something just grind your gears. Yeah, this is what grinds my gears. So I went to a baseball game on Monday. Really packed. I've never seen the Brave Stadium as packed as it was on Monday. 
why can't we walk in a decently straight line? This gets set fired the fuck up. And I was getting a little irritated because I am 5'4 on a good day, sometimes 5'3 and a half, but I'm 5'4 on a good day. I was with three men that are all over six foot one. So their little, their long legs, they were striding and my short legs, you know, like I'm just gonna, if I get lost, I can find my location, whatever. But I was just getting stampeded by people. Like we're all walking in a group and people are just cutting right through. People are so fucking rude. That's the problem is that people are rude. Like walk in a straight line. Please walk in a straight line. Just, like, don't be an animal. <laughs> like, just be fucking normal when you leave your house. When I got lost, I've never seen my boyfriend as flustered before. Because he was like, where the fuck does she go? Because I always keep my phone on do not disturb. So I wasn't answering anybody's text. Right. And so, but I was like, okay, like, I know this stadium. I know, but, like, just walk in a straight line. That's all I ask. Like, the people's little security plan that, like, if there's, like, a shooting or something... Everybody needs to walk down the same set of stairs, same exit. Society's not built that way. Trampled. Immediately trampled. Yeah. Like, I'm going to wait my turn. You know how I know that I'm getting older? Crowds stress me the fuck out. Like, I do not so like... So stressed. I can't do crowds. We were at a concert in, like, probably 2021, and it was so packed. And it was... We were in Texas. It was by SMU. And so we were, like, in downtown Dallas, and there was just, like, fucking SMU frat boys. Like, there were so many dudes all around me, and they were all so tall, and so I couldn't see shit because everyone was so much taller than me, and I was like, I'm going to have a fucking panic attack right here. Like, no part of me needs a crowd at this point in my life, and we were watching the Lollapalooza live stream this weekend, and it looked so packed and we were like seriously considering getting tickets and going and I was like I'm so glad I didn't go I cannot do a crowd I'm too old no that's how I knew I was getting old because before I'd like be walking with like my beer in the hand like whatever to oh, yeah not a but care in the like, world I was just like what the fuck yeah like walk in a straight normal line I think we're like that's my grind my beer as we get closer to 30 we're like everyone get the fuck out of my way I need a bubble around me and I don't want to be in a crowd. Exactly. So. Okay, well, there's our 10 minutes of um, seemingly un- unnecessary bullshit that we had to discuss. It's like we're on FaceTime with you guys. <laughs> this is how we catch up. I did have to cut 13 minutes last week of Emily talking about office <laughs> because she got so into it. <laughs> like, babe, I, I love- really want to go see it again. <laughs> Like, I love you so much, but I don't think anybody wants to be talking about Oppenheimer for 13 minutes. I really think it's a top five movie that has ever been created. I shouldn't have got you going again, because you could do another 13 <laughs> right here. I'm going to stop. Okay, I'll take a sharp right. Did you accomplish your reading goal? I did. <gasps> I did. I read two. And I think yeah. that... I'm going to see what is... So we all and I've been talking about my beach trip coming up. What is the appropriate amount of books to bring? Are you gone for a week or a long weekend? Four days, three nights. Two and a half. Okay. So you can bring two and not get into a third one, or you can bring three and not finish the third one. I think. Okay. I just know what the appropriate amount like is. I'm definitely going to read in the car because I'm not driving. Duh. <laughs> 
So I finished Crimson River and saw it as the sixth book in the Eden like family um, saga. And the last book about the last Eden um, child is coming out, I believe, at the end of this year. And it connects to Crimson River. But um, it truly had, like, plot twists. Like, you know when you get plot twists in a book and you just have to, like, put the book down? That is what I had to do. Like, I, it's probably my favorite so far out of the whole series. It was just, like, I love when romance books have, like, a bit of mystery to it. And so that's how this one was. And then I finished the book that we are reading today. So I accomplished my goal. I'm so glad because I didn't read a thing. Well, I did. So I DNF'd, um, call it what you want. I'm just like not interested. So I'm not going to finish it. I do think that I talked about this last week. It's the book about the situation shift. And this is like part two. I think that if that is more in line with your life, that you should read it and you would like it. Not in line with my life. I'm putting it down. Then I started reading A Soul of Ash and Blood which is in the from blood and ash series okay i want to hear your thoughts on this because it's a retelling of the first book in a different point of view so i'm like fantasy authors love to do this but i'm like i already know what fucking happens so it's hard for me to like work through it because i'm like bored yeah there has only been like two books that i have ever read because i love them so much and that was The Wall of Winnipeg and Me and The Ritual. Mm-hmm. And so it's two very such, different books. Such similar vibes. <laughs> but I would get so bored because it's like I, like, you know what's going to happen. So I, I can't do it. Yeah, that's what I'm struggling with. Like, I already know what happens in this book because I've fucking read it. And then I've read the four series books that comes after it. So it's just kind of like, hmm. But if you're from from Blood and Ash Stan, I mean, I bought it, added it to the collection. I'm going to try and read it, but I don't know that I'm going to, like, read it in one sitting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I started reading Not So Lucky, Not K-N-O-T, by Trelina Pucci, which has been trending on Instagram. And now I realize why. Do you remember that book that came out around Christmas time that was, like, it purposefully didn't describe what the female main character looked like so that you could picture yourself as them and it was like a reverse harem and basically she gets snowed into a cabin for four days and like fucks a whole bunch of dudes well this author wrote a second book similar thing where the female main character is not described so you can picture it as yourself and in the stories they're connected because this girl is the first girl's sister and they go to vegas get accidentally married i i haven't made it very far it's like funny kind of witty and like sexy so if you need a palate cleanser i would recommend that i love a getting married in vegas story you do it's not my favorite i don't think i think it has to be done really well Mm. but i don't know enemies to lovers is still number one and then i really think that Accidental pregnancy is slipping into that number two spot. Accidental pregnancy is climbing up the list for sure. It is. I think I am breaking up with fake dating. I just am like, every time I've read a fake dating book recently, I've found it really hard to get into because I'm like, this is not fucking real. Like, it doesn't feel 
realistic neither does getting married in vegas but like you know what i mean it doesn't feel like it yeah. actually happen in any capacity like who do you know that has been in a fake relationship because i know zero people so Zip. i think i'm breaking up with fake dating yeah it's just for me i think it goes enemies to lovers accidental pregnancy and then marriage of convenience but then mm-hmm. after that it just kind of like flows you know i'm grumpy sunshine enemies to lovers and I'm friends to lovers is creeping up my list too I'm really liking like a childhood friends to lovers that is a good one okay so getting into out on a limb we are going to talk about Hannah Bonham Young she is an Amazon best-selling author from Ontario Canada she lives with her childhood best friend turned husband and writes romances featuring a cast of diverse disabled marginalized and LGBT folks were in smooth worthy storylines blend with the beautiful messy and challenging realities of life books by hannah include next of kin next to you and set the record straight and today we are covering out on the limb where we follow the swoon worthy story of win and bow i have read next of kin too so good so wholesome not quite as spicy as this one but incredible story This week's dedication is for Ben, for always being my right-hand man. I'm sorry you'll never win at rock, paper, scissors. I love you. She has an author's note at the beginning, too. Yes. A little snippet from the author's note. She says, I, like Wynn, was born with my limb difference. I have a less developed right hand that is identical to Wynn's as described in this book. And while I've tried my best throughout my life to not let it hold me back, it has certainly created challenges. Then I found out that I was pregnant and suddenly I felt totally and completely unprepared. I knew that nothing could prepare me for what came next and I was terrified. I want to try to book for anyone who's let fear of failure slow them down, not just for those of us who choose to have kids or those who are disabled, but for anyone who's been thrust into something new that took them so far out of their comfort zone that they no longer recognize their past afraid self. To end this note, I just want to say that I know that pregnancy and romance novels is a hot topic. It's not for everyone, and that's perfectly okay. But this book is a lot more than a one-night stand turned baby. It's about learning to let someone see the messy, needier parts of you. It's learning to be loved as well as you are and accept help. It's about challenging expectations and overcoming obstacles. It's disabled joy, which we all need to see more of, if you ask me. So sweet. It was so sweet. So sweet. So getting into the plot, Sarah and Caleb's Halloween party is a party that Wynn always attends. Caleb has been mentioning Robert to Wynn and how they should meet, but still hurt from her past relationships. She brushes it off and says she will just stick to the dating apps. Little did Wynn know that Beau, who's actually Robert, would change her mind on love. Wynn and Beau meet at the Halloween party and sparks instantly fly, which leads to a very steamy hookup the night of the party. Six weeks later, after feeling sick, Wynn discovers that she is pregnant. After deciding to keep the baby and get the courage to tell Bo, Wynn is shocked when Bo is elated to be a dad and even asks her to move in with him. What follows is a love story so pure and sweet and full of steam, where Bo and Wynn learn to not only love each other, but to also love themselves and feel more confident. Even when the confidence dips, the two reassure each other that they're going to be the best parents despite their limitations. This book is a beautiful display of disability representation done right and had us never wanting Bo and Wynn's love story to end. 
I cried so many times as I was reading this. I cried when she found out she was pregnant. I cried when she talked about abortion. I cried when she moved in. Like, I just literally never stopped crying. I gave this five stars. And this so far has been my favorite book of 2023. When and Bo made me feel all the love and joy of real people as they fall in love. I loved their love story. I loved Sarah and Caleb's love story. And it reminded me a lot of my relationship with Seth. So that was fun to like feel like I could feel, I could see my own relationship in a book couple. Them meeting each other dressed as Halloween pirates to play off their own disabilities is so wholesome and shows the type of people they are and also type the type of people that they attract. I knew he was going to move her in as soon as they talked about how shitty her apartment was, and I'm so glad that he did. I love the timelines and how natural the progression of the story felt and how much Wynn and Bo grew as human beings and then how they were growing together. Like, they were truly growing alongside each other, and then you get to see them, like, interconnect, and I just truly ate it up. Loved it so much. The friendship between Winnie and Sarah made me sob. It was so pure and so genuine. Having Connor as the third, Caleb, I don't know why I called him Connor, some, that white boy, Connor, Caleb, whatever. Um, Having Caleb as the third wheel and their little quirky family that they built for themselves, I just really loved. At one point when they're getting ready to move Winnie out and she and Sarah are like sitting on the floor, like talking about big emotions Winnie tells Sarah, I used to have your back. Remember that? And Sarah says, yeah, I know. I still feel it. It's just your turn right now. That's all it is. Taking turns. And I just really love like genuine, powerful adult female friendships in books. When she finally confesses to herself that she's in love with Bo and she's like envisioning the future, she says, years and years spent still getting to know one another, unlearning and relearning each other as the decades go by, uncovering the intricate layers and deepest spots until every darkened corner is found. The mess and the chaos and the beauty of a life well-lived, a life shared. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I was, again, tears streaming down my face. That is just, like, poetic. It was so I don't know how else to describe it. I I was just, like, emotionally unwell. And then what really did me, and this was the nail in the coffin for me personally, was when he gifted her the little fucking box of memories <laughs> from their relationship. I was done for. Things along the way, and he just had this little box of fucking gems. Like, are you absolutely kidding me? And when he pulls the book out, the father-to-be book that Sarah gave him is now annotated with notes in the margins and flagged pages with bright pink tabs. I flick through it, realizing that he's left notes to the baby amongst the pages, telling them how excited he is for every stage, how much he can't wait to meet them. Your mom is doing such a good job at growing you, I read. She's going to be an incredible mom. And what killed me about this part was because his dad did the same thing Bo's dad but he was like I don't know if my mom knew that my dad was doing this and he was like I want you to know that I and I a goner sob like it was so wholesome it was so pure he was just such a good person and just wanted to be a good dad and was so excited to be a father and I just like 
sometimes like being a good person and like going to be a good dad is like the hottest fucking thing that you can do like yes you can be a billionaire yes you can be a mafia boss whatever but sometimes just being like good spirited and like a kind soul gets me juiced up more than anything else yes the amount of times I cried in this book it was just so beautiful an instant five-star read it was cute had me giggling and just straight in my feelings and it was hot like this book just had everything I love the unplanned pregnancy trope so I naturally ate this up and I really enjoyed Win, and I love the way that she thought about the baby and how she like demonstrated that it's okay to mourn difference and pe- like differences in people And just, like, she just wanted to be a mom so badly and be with someone who values her and views her as equal. And Bo was just that guy for her. And this book is just also so much more than just this pregnancy. Like, we get conversations about abortion, about choosing to not want to have a kid, but still being able to, like, support your friends that have kids and vice versa. Like, this book just had so much more than just about the pregnancy. And no third-stage breakup, just, like, a happy story which is just like just like because I feel like sometimes the books you just have to go through trauma and so much to get a happy ending and this is like wow you really could get that happy ending just without anything bad happening Bo was like the perfect male character he was hot cocky and like nerdy like it's the perfect combination and he was a goner for when and the baby and just seeing how much he cared for when and the baby was so beautiful like he just wanted nothing more to support them and I love how he pulled out the math and she was like I want to also contribute to this household and stuff and instead of being like oh we'll do it 50 50 he took her income and his income and was like I am making more but he still had equally distributed like he wanted nothing more than for when to feel equal because that's all that she wanted yeah he never made her feel small or like shit because she didn't make as much as he did and I I'm in love with this man I'm in love with this man this story just flowed naturally and to me it was realistic it had personal development friendships talks about fertility and infertility family dynamics and I just like wish I could reread this book for the first time a few things when when has this quote that I love, my arms and back are sculpted from years of training and butterfly and breaststrokes, but my hips and stomach hold the pleasure of a well-fed woman. I don't try to force my body to be something or deprive it of pleasantries. It just is, and I like it enough as is. I just thought that was like a really beautiful quote about like being a woman and our bodies changing and just knowing like you need to nurture your body. The Dungeons and Dragons part made me giggle. My boyfriend plays Dungeons and Dragons, so that part did make me giggle. His surprise party. Wynn throws him a 30th surprise birthday. He never thought that he'd be alive enough to make it to the 30th birthday party. And she's like cagey. He's not texting him throughout the day because she doesn't want to spoil the surprise. And he just like when they see each other and he hugs her, like he just all the stress leaves his body. And he was like, I missed you. And it was just so much love in that scene. She wanted to braid her hair for her birthday and her baby shower. But she couldn't braid her hair. She was having issues. Bo comes, super nice, braids her hair and puts white flowers in her hair that he wanted to give her. Like He was just like so madly in love with when it was just beautiful. 
And she was so madly in love with Bo that it was just beautiful. I loved the baby shower too because I appreciated how everyone respected what she wanted. Like she didn't really want a baby shower. She didn't really want a surprise party. She didn't really want like all of these things. And so he and Sarah like worked together to give her this like fun experience of having a baby shower and having all these things, but like within her own boundaries that she had set and like, God, the bar is really in hell that we're like, he's respecting her so good, but it was just so sweet and so wholesome. And like, he just thought he was really intentional. And so was her best friend, Sarah. They were so intentional about how they like treated her and how they asked about things. You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah. Like when she wanted the bathtub, but he didn't have a bathtub. She didn't want him spending money on the bathtub. And he was like, well, what are we going to bathe our baby in? So he was just kind of like, he never wanted her to ever feel guilty for wanting things that he could provide for her. Yeah. Like he was like, I want you to quit your job because we need, because you want to do this camp. Not just like, oh, you need to quit your stupid job at the cafe. Yeah. He was like, I, because like the baby and stuff. And she was like, I know that that's not your dream and time and stuff will be better spent planning your dream. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how many stupid motherfuckers have you dated that like when they ask you to do something it's so condescending it's like do this because I want you to do it or do this because it makes sense like duh we have to have a bathtub because you have to bathe the baby you stupid bitch you know what I mean like it's never like no like this makes sense this is logical let's work through it together it was I'm I'm obsessed I can't say enough yeah before we move on away from the plot I mean, I think I could sit here and talk about this book for another three and a half hours, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I want to talk about abortion a little because she briefly mentions it. And I think that the way that she approached it was just really well done. And so when Wen finds out that she's pregnant, she's at the doctor's office and the doctor is like, here are all of your options. Like, I'm here for you either way, all of these things. And she talks about like, I always wanted to have a child, but I don't know if I'm ready for that right now. Like, is anyone ever really ready for this? And then she says, you can't go a day without hearing the choice of pregnancy being debated, broadcasted, or fought over in some way or another. Still, I never considered how it would feel to to sit front and center. It's as if I'll find reporters outside trying to predict what I mean to do next. Protesters and politicians waiting in the wings to decipher whether I'm morally right or wrong. Too many opinions for this small corner office, so I shove them away the best I can. Here it's just Dr. Salim and me the way that it should be. I loved it. And I also really loved the relationship that she had with her OB. Yeah. Like, I like that was, like, another thing of, like, I know, like, Barbie and stuff. Like, another, like, demonstration of girlhood. Yeah. Like, having that relationship with your OB. Yeah, and I like that it was, she, like, she got right up to the point of, like, this is how we view abortion in the world, and she mentioned it, and I let, I mean, obviously, she decides to go through with the pregnancy, but I think, like, had she not, the story could have still been there, right? They wouldn't have come together in the same way, but I appreciated that that was just, like, a blip on her radar when thinking through whether or not to have a child. And I think that that's very normal and natural. And I appreciate that she included it. I agree. I also like how, cause she talks about 
this concept of like oh yeah like I'm due on July 24th and she sweet Winnie she like had a cute little mind and she goes on this whole thing of like what do I normally do on July 24th like last year I was at my mom's so I guess I can't do that this year like she's gonna have to come to me and I liked how it was like this was just seemingly a very normal day and now it has this like big significance and I didn't expect that when I woke up this morning I like the inner monologue of when that we got when she found out that was she was pregnant because usually yeah. in books finds out she's pregnant boom next page or two she's telling the guy and that that's how it is or she's like waiting months so it's probably like we don't really get the inner monologue but we got that with when I thought that was like special yeah and I like how when she talks about when the doctor tells her that she's pregnant she's like oh shit like this is scary like this one person is literally changing the course of my life forever and so then when she goes to tell Bo, she's like, oh, shit, like, I'm his doctor in this scenario. I'm the one that is changing his life. And so she, like, starts off wanting to get it over with quickly and, like, not really have a lot of empathy. But she's like, shit, like, this, someone was good to me, so I need to be good to him. Uh, I mean, you just can't, you can't beat people like that. She is the best. And I like that in the epilogue. This was probably the, one of the best epilogues ever written. Mm-hmm. She, like, silently thanks August, like, their first daughter, for bringing her and Bo together, for changing their lives. And I thought that was, like, really sweet. So wholesome. The most wholesome read ever. I just, it, I just feel light and airy having read it. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. <laughs> Should we talk about the spice? We do, because there was spice. The spice, I think, was spicing. I like the spice. I gave this two peppers. I also gave it two peppers. This man was hot. Supreme man written by a woman energy, which we'd love to see. I have a couple of spicy scenes that I would like to point out. But for one, their flirting and their banner was top-notch. And I just think that that, like, plays into the spices when they're able to, like, really volley back and forth. And so when he first meets her and they're, like, you know, having their little, having their little go at it, he looks up to the ceiling as if he's searching for some deity to help him handle me. If a man is not looking up to God for assistance, I don't want him. (laughs) Wow. Okay, here we go. When they finally bang the second time, the non-baby making time, the first time that they're in love, he says, do you have any clue how sexy you are? How sweet you taste? How much I've been thinking about this? I've thought about hearing my name come out of those perfect lips every fucking night since I heard you from down the hall. Please win. Please say my name. And then the tub fiasco, which turns out to be incredible. They're fighting about, (laughs) Emily said this before, but they're fighting. They're not really fighting. She's putting up a fight because he's taking out the shower and putting in a tub, which I do see her perspective because like he does have a prosthetic leg. Like you would assume that he would need a stand-up shower. And so he's like kind of being macho about it. There are contractors there like currently removing the shower, putting the tub in. And he's talking about how he's going to take care of her. And he's like, listen, I'm going to take care of you. Like, this is what it is. 
in a very sweet, wholesome way. Like, we need a tub. We have a child. You love the tub. The tub has a place for me to step into it. Like, everything's fine. I'm going to do this. I want to take care of you. So he says, remember, if they're going to hear us, let them hear my name. Tell them. He grazes his teeth at my jaw. Who's taking care of you? Bo starts fucking me so hard that even more items clatter to the floor, the dresser hitting the wall in time with each thrust. His voice is strained next to my ear as he praises me, a soliloquy filled with the filthiest praises. Good girl, you take me so well. Your pussy is perfect. You're so fucking perfect. I love you. The tub fight scene, straight out of my dreams, straight out of my fantasies. Yeah, they were like standing. Right? This was the sex scene where they were standing, right? Yes, and he fucks her against the wall. And then and he- she was so <laughs> nervous. She was so nervous. And he was like, don't worry, baby. I got you. Done for. What this man does is he takes the top of her dresser. He swipes everything to the floor. That is fucking hot. Everything to the floor to fuck her on top of the dresser. Done for. Like, he was, like... No words. I also gave it two peppers. I have no words. <laughs> and it's like goes along to like what you're saying. He was just so tender with her body. Like I personally think that like inner thigh kisses are so intimate and they're so hot. And like he just really took his time to like explore her body. And like he always wanted to just like taste her and like play. Like he never wanted it to rush because he was just so like fascinated by her. So this is when they were um, like having sex. And so he reaches up with both hands, taking my hands from the headboard and placing them behind my back, holding them together in one strong, unrelenting fist. My body is completely at his mercy and I simply do not care. This is when they first hook up. Just like. And so they finally, the tension breaks. and They finally have sex. They both kind of said that they love each other. And he says, God, I can't decide where to start. I've missed your body so much. I wish I had more hands. <laughs> like, he was down so bad that he was just like, oh, my, I don't even know where to start. I wish I had more hands is a top-tier phrase. And then she is like, please just fuck me already. And he was like, not yet, honey. Not until you come on my fingers first. I'm so – he's like, I'm fucking dying to – I'm fucking dying to, but trust me. I need this from you first. I need to watch you. I, and then he goes, I was obsessed with your body before, but now I think, I think I'm a goner. Look at you. Fucking perfect. Like this book had me, like, I didn't even care that it was not dual POV because we got shit like this. Had me in a chokehold. In a chokehold. Chokehold. You know what I appreciate so much about the dynamic between the two of us? Even in the sweetest of books, I will find a good girl and you will find a hands tied behind your back. Like we are yep. like bloodhounds yep. on a mission. <laughs> we can sniff that shit out regardless of the book, regardless of how tender <laughs> and wholesome it is. We will find it. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, What is it? Um, Like when you're known for something, what is that called? It's not, it's not your niche. Is it your niche? A connoisseur? Is that what it is? I don't know. It's like your thing is good girl. My thing is the hands behind the back. That is like M and stuff. Truly. We, if you need people on the case, call us. The good girl and hands behind the back duo. 
Yeah. Everybody's got to have something. And I'm glad that we found our passion so young and <laughs> And the thing about the spice, it was it was hot adult spice. Mm. We love adults fucking. Like, true. I can't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is realistic fucking. Absolutely. I really think that this book was just so good. I don't have any discussion questions. I don't know what to we could discuss. I know. I don't have any discussion questions either. Um, how did you feel about honey? That's my only thing that I was iffy on. My boyfriend called me honey the other day and I left him on red. I'm in not a, a honey girl. setting or in like a chit chat setting. He was like, um, just like honey, like I'm on my way home. Like I, I am not a honey gal, especially not in bed. I call Seth honey, but he doesn't call me honey back, which I think I prefer. I think of it like a 85 year old grandma. Honey, can you bring me something from the fridge? I don't know. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. I think maybe because I'm from the South, you know what I mean? So like, I can't picture a man saying it and not sounding like a gay Southern uncle. No, I feel that. Like, honey, for me, has a little bit of a twang, and I think that's the Southern in me. I, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah, I can't do it, but Bo, he loved his honey. I honestly am not even mad about it. Still obsessed <laughs> with him. What did you picture, like, who did you picture him to look like? Conrad from The Summer I Turned Pretty. I know you didn't ask, but I am back on Team Conrad. Okay, good, good. And I know that they, I have not read the books, but everybody said that the next two episodes are not for the Team Conrad girlies. So. Oh, good. So I'm going to be off of Team Conrad in fucking two minutes. And then season three is going to be renewed, but because of the strike, we don't know when season three is even going to manifest. If these people don't start paying them more, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. We're going to have to have a year long season of Love Island to keep me entertained. But he reminded me of Connor from Summer I Turned Pretty, especially when they're on, like, the pier and they have him with his glasses. That yeah. really did it for me. Yeah. I can't really picture who he reminds me of because he feels like such a regular dude that I'm just, yeah. like, he's just, like, a hot, regular guy with glasses. Yeah. Like, I couldn't put any athlete to match him. I was just, no. like, a regular dude. Regular hottie. I honestly love it. Ate it up. This segues perfectly into how we think of Bo. So, Emily, how do you think of Bo? So, he does remind me of Conrad from The Summer I Turned Pretty. He rocks a sweater like no other, but also looks jaw-dropping hot in a pair of sweats and a hoodie. He does simple things with you, such as, like, grocery shopping and, like, watering the plants. But he also would go on an evening walk with you, and he's never going to miss a parent-teacher conference. You wake up every morning with a coffee he has made for you on your nightstand, and he's always rooting for you. Like, he is your number one fan and cheerleader. He is hot in bed, and he will send you flirty texts during the day just to see you blush. I just said this, but I think because he feels so normal, I realize that I have described my husband in I literally was like, oh, this is just Seth. I just wrote down my own relationship here. <laughs> Anyways, 
He asks you about your day every day. He parks on the street so that you can park closer to the door. He kisses you goodbye every single day, even if you are absolutely zonked out and you will not remember. He calls his mom on Sundays, absolutely obsessed with you. And like when people ask about you, he's like, oh yeah, my wife is the coolest. The absolute best dad. He waters, this is so specific, waters your grapefruit tree because he knows that you're going to forget, but you also love your grapefruit tree. So he takes so much pride in watering it every day and he does it on the way in the door. So yeah, I literally, I was like, oh, I just described my husband because he just felt so normal. Just like a happy-go-lucky guy. Yeah. Honestly, I loved it. I am here for the, like, normal, kind of nerdy, dad bod hero in a romance book. Yep. I agree. And I don't know, like, they both have, like, tra- like Bo literally almost died of cancer. And oh, they both sure. were still happy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say something, but it's kind of a dig to an author, so I'm not going to say it. If this was Colleen Hoover, we can cut this out. If this was Colleen Hoover, we would have been sobbing on the ground, throwing, crying, screaming. If this was Colleen Hoover, Bo would have pushed us down the stairs. <laughs> oh my God. His trauma would have become our trauma. Like, yeah, like, he would never know how to respect you. But this Bella Anna Bonham Young Trump, would never. Would never. Yeah. I'm leaving I've that. Heard that. That has been, like, sitting inside since I started reading this book. <laughs> You're not wrong. Normal people that go to therapy and work their shit out and are hot and love each other. That's literally all we want. All we want. Is it so hard to ask for? And I can't wait to see where you put Bo in the boyfriend pyramid. <laughs> I know that we're going to have the same one. <laughs> but as you guys know, we have our scientifically proven boyfriend pyramid at the bottom. Ultimate friends with benefits. Situationship. Long-term friends with benefits. Could be if or or. Then you have meet the parents. You could be the one, could not be the one. You guys would maybe be dating for five years. Decide to go your separate ways. And you have white picket fence. You have the happy life, red door, kids, the dog, just a nice happy life. And at the top, you have God tier, where you just have everything. Something just has a little bit more umph to it. So just have where you put in bow. God tier. God tier. No hesitation. Are it's you? A crime. It's a crime. It would literally be a crime <laughs> if you didn't put go- bow at God tier. Imagine the chaos if I said ultimate friends with benefit. <laughs> I almost wanted to say it just to fuck with you, but I was like, that's mean. <laughs> Who's his roommate? Hmm. My bow is going to have to be a mentor because I have some shitheads up there in God tier. So he's going to have to like take someone under his wing. And that someone for me is Jude Cartwright. I was going to say Jude or who is the guy? It was Candy Snyder. She had the stripper pole quarterback sneak i can't remember his name that's not leo hernandez that was leo hernandez's roommate yes his name i'm googling it hmm but yeah like a jude cartwright kind of vibe college boy for sure holden holden 
Hold, Hold it. On. Yeah. He can just take under his wing. Yeah. No, he's so far God tier. It's literally not even funny. I know. I've been thinking, you know, when you read a book and it like sticks with you and you randomly think about it for like yes. days after. I've been thinking about this book for at least a week and a half. No, it's kind of like the book like where I last night I was reading, I had like an hour left. And I was like, I don't want it to end. So I'm just going to go to sleep. Like the way that people blew up the fourth wing, if y'all don't do this shit with this book, I'm going to be personally offended. I need this book to reach fucking, God, what is that Colleen Hoover book? It ends with us. This needs to be the next It Ends With Us because it deserves it. And then that's what yeah. I want to see. Yeah. Mic drop. That's all I have to say. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of The Spice Rack. And also, I'm just going to assume that everyone enjoyed this book as much as we did because it was so good. Hope that it made you feel some good things um, and have a little cry and maybe a good little laugh, too. Next week, we are going to shake it up. We've been on, like, a cute, sweet love train (laughs) for a little bit. So next week, we're going to read Antihero by Sarah Kate. If you've never read Sarah Kate before... The spice is always spicing with a Sarah Kate book. So we hope that you enjoy and we will see you all next week. Bye guys. Um, I'll have my full recap of the beach weekend next week. I'll see you guys next week. I think we'll be in person too, right? Are we going to be in person? Yeah. 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 We'll do it on Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> see you all next Bye, week. Bye guys. <laughs>